Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Cloudwater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A reading from Micah. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear you, mountains, the controversies of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will contend with Israel. O my people, what have I done to you? In what way have I worried you? Answer me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery, and and I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O my people, remember now what King Balak of Moab devised, what Balaam son of Beor answered him, and what happened to Shittim and Gilgal, that you, may, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for, a transgress- for my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, or mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. A reading from the fifth chapter of Matthew. When the disciples saw the crowds, he, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountains, and, he, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to, began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. And for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Grace and peace to you, my friends in faith. Our beloved member, Elaine Pates, turns 99 in a week. And Elaine loves to come to our Tuesday Bible studies in the afternoon. And one of the things that our our group loves about Elaine is that at a moment's notice, she can make me blush. Whether that's telling a story from her younger days And uh, just whatever it is, I'll let you, your imagination run wild because that's what she likes to do with us. Uh, But her stories are just awesome. We love to be able to kind of hear from her. And she always uh, has an interesting way to twist and and look and kind of perceive the world. But she also, I I would say there's also, there's a a layer of her that, that holds on to this despair. Every time she opens up the newspaper every morning, there's this sadness. Uh, Elaine would not be... um, you know, she'd be one to say, I, I just don't know what's going on. Like, this isn't how it used to be. Like, why is there so much just bad stuff happening in our world? And I would have to 
agree with her. This past week has just not been a good week for optimists. It's just one of those weeks where just like everything that it seems like we're seeing in the news has been really just down, uh, whether that's the tragedy of all these mass shootings that uh, continue to happen. We've had um, dozens more mass shootings just in this calendar year with at least 69 people who've died from mass shootings. Um, or, you know, the news, you know, the footage came out of the, the beating of, of Paul Pelosi with a hammer and then the guy who did it saying he's got no remorse for what he has done and, and just kind of this dialogue that's happening within our culture um, and this sense of, of, of violence, it's just it's just heartbreaking. Um, and, of course, the news that happened out of Memphis uh, as Tyree Nichols was killed just hundreds of yards from his home. And as he's doing this, you know, calling out for his mom and, and what this has meant as, as a society, we're then again confronted with this deep and complex conversation about what do we do and how do we go from here? Uh, what does this mean for us? You know, even here closer to home, we've, we've had, um, incidents even in, you know, this is my community, community down in White Bear. A uh, police officer was shot this past week while serving a warrant. And so even though he got, he got shot three times, uh, police officer Ryan Sheik uh, is in the hospital, but it looks like he's improving. You know, as, as we kind of gather this all in, it's, it's really a lot to take in. And so of all of the times to announce this, this is also the week that somebody decided, you know what the world needs to know? They also need to know that the doomsday clock is as close to midnight as it's ever been. <sighs> really? Like, yes, we know things are going bad. And as we see the news and as we open our papers or open our phones, we, we know that there's a lot of bad stuff going on. Uh, how do we speak into that? How do we gather as a people of God and know that there's something going on? Um, throughout time, prophets have often been the voice to say, hey, people, knock it off. Uh, you know, you think about their job is to really tell people, you know, the things that you're doing are things that God is not happy with. So please stop doing that and repent. Turn to God. You think about the prophets of the Old Testament, especially, you know, thinking about characters of the Old Testament, like Noah, right? Like he's building this ship and he gets on the boat and then all of a sudden everything gets wiped out and God God changes and sees, I'm not going to do that again. Or you have someone like Jonah, right? Jonah, who gets famously swallowed up in this big fish. Here's, you know, as big of a miracle as we're supposed to believe that to be, the biggest miracle, in my opinion, is what happens after Jonah gets spit out of the, of the fish and he is told to go to Nineveh. And, and it's like going to Las Vegas and telling Las Vegas, repent, don't do any of your sins anymore. And Jonah is like, I don't want to go to Nineveh. I don't want to go tell that to this city. But he does because God is like, you got to go. And he goes. And all of a sudden, he stands up in the city and, like, and he goes, repent. And they do. And Jonah's furious. He's like, God, why are you, why are you letting them off the hook? But they do. And then we get a prophet like, uh, like Micah. And I love this passage. Micah 6, 8 is one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. I mean, it's even on my phone, right? Like Micah 6, 8, do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God. But that's not all Micah has to say. Micah is actually full of a lot of doom and gloom. He's a bearer of bad news. He's got some news for the people. Like the reason God's asking you to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God is because of all the bad stuff that you've been doing. For example, hear what the Lord has to say. Rise, 
plead your case. It's like we're on trial with God here. Plead your case before the mountains. Let your hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the case of the Lord and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a case against his people and he will contend with Israel. Micah has this to say. Like, look, the things that you're doing, God doesn't like it, so shape up. And so the next thing that God says is, oh, my people, what have I done to you? Why would you do this? I've been so good to you. You've been a blessing. Why are you being so bad? In what ways have I wearied you? Answer me. This is what the Lord says. I can only imagine there's like this dialogue going, especially as Micah's like struggling with the people and, and trying to like the, the temperatures rising, like answer me. And the people are like, you want answers? You can't handle the, you can't handle the truth. There's this sense that God has had enough. And Micah's the voice to be able to say, turn around, shape up. When the Lord gets this mad, people often have a response, especially in the olden days. Okay, if we know we've done bad, we have to do something, and usually it's a ritual sacrifice. So Micah talks about making a sacrifice. And in this instance, you know, the Lord's really, really angry. So Micah's saying, well, not even a thousand rams or rivers of oil will be able to make God happy. In fact, that's not what God wants. That's not even what God requires. God doesn't care about all the stuff God really only wants one thing, action. God wants you to do something. God wants you to take care of each other. God wants you to stop doing the things that you're doing and start doing justice, loving kindness, and walking reverently, humbly with our God. God blesses us to then bless each other. With all of this as context then, think about why this sermon by Jesus on this mountaintop in the very beginning of his ministry might be so important. Because the people are coming to Jesus like he's a prophet, just like, a, you know, just like Micah. They're coming to him, they're, they're hearing these stories, and he's not just giving the people these, these false hopes and these grand illusions. He's not telling them that the world's just going to change to your betterment. He's saying, you're a blessing, but it's on you to actually make something happen. It's on you to change, to be able to make the world the world that you want it to be. And so he flips everything upside down. He names those people who've never been blessed, those people who feel like, you know, the world's against them, that they don't have any hope. And what does he do? He blesses them. He says, you, yes, you, like Mary, you have found favor with God. You, who have gathered here on this mountain to hear this good news, God loves you and God blesses you. And then he makes an important move. You know, the world around you is full of despair and suffering, you know, the headlines in the newspaper back then, if newspapers could have existed, but like as the sidewalk prophets would start arguing, they would say, look, we're full of war and oppression. We've got corruption and intolerance. But Jesus comes to tell them something different. He gets to speak with authority and tell them that they're children of God and that because they're children of God, they will inherit the kingdom of heaven. They've never heard that before. They've never been told that anything good will come to them. So what do we do? How do we connect that bridge from Micah to Jesus to today? I mean, it's quite the route to take. And who's going to serve as an example for us when, when Jesus is talking about squashing injustice, yet we see an unjust result in his own life? The headlines that we experience today are incendiary as well. 
even more so than they would have been in Micah or Christ's day. So I think speaking prophetic words into all of those headlines, as, as, as bad as those headlines have been this past week, sometimes I, I think we gather together and we just don't even know where to begin. A single sermon's not going to solve what's happening to cure the ills of our world. Think about if the answers were that easy, wouldn't we be able to do something? Why is there so much anger when it comes to trying to come up with solutions? So there's got to be another way. There are big systemic problems within our society, within industries, within so much of the things that we encounter. But we have a voice. And we do make a difference when we're united. And so just as Jesus is telling his audience that they're blessed, they are also known to be the peacemakers. You, you are blessed to be the ones making peace in this world. That is a really challenging call. It's a lot harder than I think we give it credit for. Peacemaking. Working Preacher, which is a collection of some of the professors from Luther Seminary, they put a podcast together. And this past week, one of the voices on that podcast was really powerful and, and gave me something to think about. Uh, her name's Joy J. Moore. And Pastor Moore uh, talked about how being a peacemaker doesn't just automatically translate to, well, you're also a pushover. She said sometimes being a peacemaker is hard, but it's important. Peacemaking is not simply the absence of of conflict. It is doing things that reduce the brokenness in people's lives. So it's not just the end of a conflict. It is the healing of disease. It is offering comfort to those who are brokenhearted. It is lifting up those who have been oppressed. That kind of action brings the fullness of peacemaking. You know, it's with this in mind that I try to look at the news this past week with a lens of, it can't all be bad, right? There's got to be some hope out there. Some of the stories that I was able to find this week then do give me some hope. The first woman pastor in the Holy Land was ordained. Sometimes we take for granted that we get to hear Deaconina preaching in front of our congregation or that we have female leaders who are able to just speak Think about being a woman in the Holy Land and now knowing that there's a female leader who has been ordained and can now uh, be looked at as an example. What a lot of, that's just great news and a lot of hope in this time. I saw this in the Star Trib and I was like, wow, I, I mean, I'm so used to NIMBY, like not in my backyard. These are neighbors who said, yes, yes, we want this in our backyard. A bunch of suburban women who said, we want a mental health facility in our community. Or Damar, as we've been following Damar Hamlin's story the last month, thinking about how his first public comments were, he saw how God was working through him. God was using him to bring people together. Sometimes we don't even think about that, but what a blessing it has been to see this journey for him, but also to see how people are talking about God. But one of the most intriguing headlines of this past week is one that gave me pause, and I was like, well... I'm curious because I like Ryan Reynolds movies. Let's just see what Ryan Reynolds might be able to tell me this week. Him and his, wa his wife, Blake Lively, came out with a statement this week saying that they're unreservedly sorry for their plantation wedding. I was like, wow, what's, what's that all about? Well, because they got married at a plantation, they've, this was about 10 years ago, and they've been reflecting on that. And they've been like, look, 
you know, we're not canceling our wedding. We're not thinking like we, we want to delete all of those memories. But they are thinking about how they can grow from the, the realization that that's not the way that a plantation should be used. It shouldn't be used as a nice backdrop for pretty pictures. But instead that the plantation should be something that we think about in the history about like how that was formed and what can we learn from that and how can we grow from that. So they've responded by putting out the statement and then backing it up with some actions and talking about ways and putting it in our conversation. And again, this is an interesting thing for us to talk about in a world right now where we think of all of the conversations around race and how they wanted to make sure that this was something that if they had the chance to do this in the future, to make a decision, that they would do something differently. And if other people heard this, they would think differently. I think about Joy J. Moore's point, like they're working to heal the disease of racism in our country. They're offering hope to those who've been brokenhearted. It's kind of like this post that I saw on Mindful Christianity. Even though there are days that I wish I could change some things that happened in the past, there's a reason that the rear view mirror is so small and yet the windshield is big. Because when we're he- where we're headed is more important than what we've left behind. Not to minimize our past, but to learn from it. To say, wow, the things that happened in my past, how will that make me better? How will I look at how the things that, that I had maybe done wrong or maybe the, the things that can be changed or think about uh, Dave's uh, serenity prayer conversation today in our prayer lab minute. Can we look at ourselves and learn from our past? Can we make change when God is asking us to do justice? And can we do better in the future? I know that we can. You know, sometimes it might not seem like much, but to me, this is justice work. It's looking at our own hearts and saying, wow, I can learn from the things that I've done in the past. It's a chance to ask the question, well, what is God up to in my heart? And how am I going forward? And maybe, just maybe, it can shift away our mindset from the doomsday clock. And instead, we think about how God's clock doesn't operate in a scarcity model like that. Because we're blessed. Even through it all, even through the suffering, even through the evils of this world, we still know that we're a blessing. We are people of God. And so blessed are we when we do justice, when we love kindness, and when we walk reverently and humbly with our God to be a blessing. Blessed are we to be a blessing for this world. Amen. We hope these words will strengthen you as you live out your daily life. If you would like to know more about Faith Lutheran, leave a prayer request, or financially support our mission and ministry, please go to our website at faithfl.org. May God bless you in the days ahead.